Welcome to Mindful in the Middle, a podcast on mindfulness, living with intention, having perspective, and learning to enjoy life exactly where you are right now. With your hosts, Yolanda and Belinda, we share our daily practices, tools, and techniques for living a life of meaning, gratitude, and purpose. Join us for this journey in living your most authentic life today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Mindful in the Middle. This is episode eight, and thank you so much for joining us. So, this is Yolanda. And joining us as well is your other host, Belinda. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, look, we're really excited to talk about uh, the topic that we uh, wanted to discuss, which is the imposter syndrome. Uh, I'm sure everybody uh, knows or has felt, you know, this from time to time. But for those who might not be familiar with that term, essentially the imposter syndrome is a feeling that you may get that you or that you're faking it um it, it's about you know you and your you know self-worth and your belief in yourself not saying that that is true it's just a feeling from time to time that people get and I did google a definition around it and it uh, was interesting because it specifically said that it can sometimes be common feeling amongst high achievers and the feeling that you're not worthy of your accolades and achievements and awards in life So I know for a fact that that's something that I have definitely struggled with and I've got a personal story to tell. Um, But Belinda, you know, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think it's definitely something that I've felt um, for most of my career life. Mm. Um, And I was largely of the belief that it was something that I felt, um, not alone, but that not as many, not many people felt this way and that I, I was probably a little bit isolated in in this belief and I I thought everybody had all their shit together and they knew exactly what they were doing Mm. and they were really confident. Um, And I've had it not in just one career but both careers and it's funny, like no length of time in a certain career has made me feel any more uh, at ease. Um, And it's not like crippling. I don't want people to think this is a crippling thing that I've had but there's was a... were they like roles that you've like, what do you call it, promoted to or progressed through? Um, no, I guess it's, no, uh, sorry, it's hard to, I, both roles I've sort of started from the bottom up. So, mm-hmm. for, okay. I mean, I, I can start talking about my experience if that's where we're at. I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to share, Yolanda? No, like I think, yeah, let's uh, share a personal story of, you know, how that applies to us and, uh, you know, yeah, go on so from there. For me personally, I used to be a graphic designer. Um, be- before I got my first graphic design job, I was working in like a hospitality service industry. I studied hospita- uh, graphic design. So, you know, I, I studied at a private college. I put myself, I paid for it. Um, I spent two years of my own time after work studying for it and I got my degree. And so then I was... It was very much for me my first job, right place, right time, who you know. Um, That's not to say that I didn't, you know, work hard to get there. So I did get the job. Um, I don't know. There was And there was always this element that I wasn't really doing the job 
Mm. well enough or I was I felt very lucky to have been given this opportunity and I worked in an area of design graphic design that was online so Mm -hmm. largely online marketing email communication so it wasn't I guess what I had pictured in my head as traditional print media design so you know I'd always had this idea that this is what I was going to do I was going to be this type of graphic designer and then when I was doing something a little bit different I felt like I was being a bit fake Mm. And I always felt like people knew that I wasn't really, you know, what I said I was on the box. That's kind of how I felt. And I felt like that for 10 years, Uh that's how long I felt. I was, I mean, I was a graphic designer for that long Um, and I was good at my job and I'm very, you know, I'm a creative person. I'm, you know, not putting tickets on myself, but I was, you know, I think I can confidently say I wasn't terrible at what I did, but I just never ever felt like I measured up mm. and then I don't I don't know if that's a personality thing to be honest so thanks yeah, yeah. and my I guess my story is somewhat uh, a little bit similar so I, I you know in you know in high school sorry I, I wasn't a top student let's just say <laughs> and I tried really hard though in my final year I had to repeat I think I've mentioned this before I repeated year 12 and got good grades but I had to work so hard to get those and went to university and it all changed for me at university because I realised if I'm studying something I actually love, I'm good at it. And I aced everything in university. I uh, was high distinctions, got the Golden Honour Society, which is some into my professional role. So I went and found my first job in HR. And I remember feeling like uh, the, I remember asking myself, I can't believe I'm actually in this role. And <laughs> I actually also remember saying to myself, I can't believe people are actually taking my advice <laughs> because it just seemed so surreal. Like I worked so hard and I got there and I was like, is, is this it? And yeah, people were listening to me. And it, what also made it quite challenging for me was uh, in all the roles that I've worked in uh, on the Gold Coast, we have quite small teams so I unfortunately didn't work in a very big HR team. So for the initial 10 years of my career, I worked in a standalone role. So it was just me in a HR role uh, supporting and reporting to usually the like CEO or the managing director. Um, those managing directors or CEOs didn't actually have uh, pure HR experience. They weren't HR specialists. You know, they were, they were good at what they did in running their business, but they didn't actually know HR. So I always kind of went along thinking, I think I'm doing it okay. I think I'm doing it right. Uh, I hope I am. And, yeah, so for me that's where I kind of always, I suppose, underestimated myself and also felt a little bit insecure because I just didn't know if I was good enough. And, you know, I guess fast forward to now and I am actually in a HR role still. But I remember I took a break from HR. I just wanted time away from it. I went into a customer service role. And when I was ready to get back into HR, I made the decision of really looking at what type of role I wanted to go into. And when I say what type of role, I really wanted to find a team to go into and work in so I could actually, I guess, benchmark and compare my skill set. And that probably is going to lead me into some ways of how I overcame, you know, this feeling of imposter syndrome, which I definitely don't really feel anymore or as often as I did. Sure, there are times that things come up, 
a project is, you know, allocated to our team and I think, oh, I haven't done something like this before, but I definitely don't question my abilities. It's more about this is new, how are we going to tackle it? So, yeah, I guess for you, Belinda, did you have anything that you, I mean, I can go launch into my strategies that I use that I found really helped and I'd love to share. Is there anything that you'd like to go and share? Um, well, for me in the creative role, it was I always felt more confident after I did like self-learning. So when I invested mm. the time into actually understanding something, because I think that was my the the main cause of my apprehension and the imposter syndrome was that I felt like I couldn't do things of a certain level. So, you know, probably people can tell I'm a bit of an A-type personality, high achiever. I put unnecessary pressure on myself. So I would take the time to learn certain things that I didn't understand. That would generally help me. Um, and saying that I'm in a different field now entirely um, and recently have gone into a different role as well. Mm. And that is a highly technical role. So I'm starting to see that for me, the anxiety comes about when I'm doing things that are quite uh, skilled, technical, where there's, I guess, a high degree of learning around it. And I have this fear that I'm not measuring up. So for me, my biggest um, way to deal with it would be to um, educate, self-educate, learn more, mm. yep. uh, read as much as I can about the topics that I'm dealing with. So, for example, at the moment, there's a large project management focus in this new role of mine. It's not an area or skill set that I have, you know, the highest level of experience in, but that's why I decided to do this role. So right now I feel a little bit fish out of water. Um, and I'm just taking a lot of time to learn as much as I can in my own time as well. Yep. Um, but really my biggest advice to myself and to others is that I just keep thinking that everybody feels this way and I really do. So like the more people that talk about it and normalize it, I've come to realize that this is a very common feeling and a lot of people feel like this, even highly accomplished people. And so I just tell myself, you know what, they're probably like ducks as well, calm on the surface, like duck pedaling underneath. And that kind of does get me through it as well. It's more of a mental thing with me, Um, just trying to tell myself a lot or when I feel this negative self-talk that actually lots of people feel like this. Yeah, and thanks for that. And I think that definitely is, you know, I've, I've, kind of summarized five things that I've learnt and as takeaways and ways that actually helped me overcome it um, and you've mentioned two in there so I'll, I'll go through the five and just cap off some of that but I think the main one for me is uh, when I was starting out especially in my career was journaling and I don't mean you know dear diary journaling it was more about journaling you know my career progression what I've learnt um, and reflecting back on that so it was more chronicling my I guess Progression, yeah, my achievements, my learnings, you know, and actually taking that away and looking back. So when I did big projects, I would I would title them and summarise what the projects and objectives were and what the outcomes were. And I would go back to that to understand, did this work out, how it was supposed to, and what, are the, what were the learnings? So I really took time in doing that. Um, the other thing that you mentioned, which I also really focused on, was training. 
so look you know so you, you hear the saying fake it till you make it you know and <laughs> just you know get get it on until you know you, you you get there but how do you get there so training that was what I really focused on it was you know looking at what my gaps were and part of that came from the journal and the reflections of what I was doing in my practice so you know if I did feel that there was a gap there I would then focus on getting training in that area I would yeah. you know research whatever training I needed and I would dedicate time to do it to master the skills I needed if you know again I was very very active in understanding what what were the key skills needed in my particular industry at the time doing research googling whatever it might be if you're a professional I'm sure you will hear along the grapevine things that you need you know listen to strategic updates from your own company what skills do they need and then I focused on that Uh, another thing which really worked for me was getting a mentor so getting a professional mentor was a big game changer for me and helping me really have somebody to do those one-on-ones with so what I said earlier was I it was just me in my standalone roles and I always thought I was doing okay but I never got professional feedback for the early parts of my career. So getting that mentor really changed the game for me. Now, some people might not have the capacity to get a mentor. That's okay because other things that I did was actually go and join career groups or similar groups of like-minded professionals. And I think this helped with what you said, Belinda, about feeling okay and normalising it. It was about having a safe space to actually talk with similar people of different levels, you know, different hierarchies. And it was really good to hear when somebody said, I'm not sure, you know, um, but I'm sure we can look into it. You know, I'm not sure about that point or that discussion. Tell me more. There wasn't anyone that had all the answers. And that really helped me understand that, hey, you know, we are all learning. There are some people that obviously have higher specialty levels, but they at one point in time were where I am at right now. And as long as I was actively pursuing and focusing on ways to develop, that's, I guess, you know, feelings of imposter syndrome slowly melted away. And the other one for me and the final tip for me, which kind of helped and came along was picking your roles. So what I mean by that is when I, when I had that gap, that sabbatical and HR and I wanted to get back into it, I had two role offers. One was in a, a, a big team but it was a standalone HR role and it was actually a really big company. The other one was in a not-for-profit but worked in a small HR team reporting to somebody who was actually a HR director. Now, for me, I knew straight away I wanted to work in the small not-for-profit company because I was going to be submerged in a HR team with somebody who knew their shit. And for me, that was something I wanted to do uh, that actually helped me grow and develop even further. So I suppose the advice is if, you know, look, be strategic about where you see yourself. Be strategic in, in your, you know, addressing your gaps. If you feel that there are gaps, that's okay. But just have a plan to address those and know that it does take time and not everybody is going to be you know not like Belinda said we're all learning we're not going to be you know somebody without flaws or somebody without gaps we all have to develop and self-improve yeah I agree I just think um when I feel empowered is when I'm most proactive so I would just say take any steps you can like if you do feel 
like you've got a skills gap, then you should take steps to address that skills gap um, and just know that you're not alone in these feelings. Mm. Like this is a really common sort of phenomena, I would say. Um, So, you know, health and wellbeing is more important. So I've just learned to not beat myself up about it. Um, I honestly just, and what Yolanda said about writing in journals, um, for me that's actually something else, another sort of in my toolkit um, I sort of have like this just running sheet in my notebook or journal where if I've achieved something, no matter how small, you know, I could get a promotion or I could get a shout out at work or I could get a completed training seminar or I've yeah. been given feedback, I'll write that down. Celebrate your wins. Yeah, so that over the course of, you know, the months and the years or the end of the year I'll look back and it's like, oh, actually I've really achieved a lot. Exactly. And you don't realise that in the time, at the time when you're in the weeds, you know, when you're in the thick of things. So my advice is to just uh, do that reflection and take that time to sort of acknowledge that you, the fact that you are even thinking these things and trying to be a, mm. you know, better person and make some changes to me is, um, you know, a great win in itself. So, yeah, that's exactly. all. Yeah, and I think one thing I really want to just, you know, sign off on is what you said before about the negative talk. You know, I've really found that after focusing on some of these ways to overcome that, you know, negative and imposter and fake feeling, that negative talk really melted away as well. And I think it's important to understand, you know, you need to be kind to yourself in how you speak to yourself. And if it's not something that you would say to a friend or a loved one or a colleague, then don't say it to yourself because obviously it's not good and it's not helping. And, again, you just need to proactively move forward and try some ways that you can grow. Um, There are ways and, you know, I do hope that some of these strategies will help because I know definitely it was something that I really struggled with in the beginning of my career and I can say confidently now I feel so much better and, you know, where I am at and understand that we are all growing and we are all learning. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, thanks everyone for listening and we just really wanted to share this because we do feel it's important to normalise it. So, yeah, don't feel like you're alone and, you know, if you ever do want to chat about stuff or have, just reach out. We've got an email. We're happy to, you know, chat with people too that might need it, you know, just for no reason whatsoever other than that, you know, maybe you need someone to talk to. Well, thank you everyone. Thank you for joining us on episode eight mindful in the middle and until next time take care see you later thanks everyone and talk to you soon thank you